You're listening to Audio Divina, reflecting on the gospel with Father Francis J. Maloney, STB. In this episode, we look at the gospel for Trinity Sunday, John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. Behind the famous words of Jesus in today's gospel lies the secret of what we have come to call the mystery of the Trinity. Try as we may, and many have tried over the centuries, the inner workings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are not known to us. But we do know that God the Father loved the world so much that he sent his only Son. We do know that the Son, in order to make this love known, gave himself unconditionally to the greatest of all loves. He died for us. We also know that this love continues to dwell and grow among us because of the Holy Spirit. Our doctrine of the Trinity is a way of sharing our faith in a God who acts for us and among us. We begin now with a reading of the text by Lauren. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. For God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but so that through him the world might be saved. No one who believes in him will be judged, but whoever does not believe is judged already, because that person does not believe in the name of God's only son. We will now hear a reflection on the text by Father Maloney. Today the Church celebrates liturgically the mystery of the Trinity. The mystery of the Trinity is one of the basic beliefs of the Christian faith, and the early centuries of the Christian faith were marked by great conflicts as we all tried to come to an understanding of what is meant by Father, Son and Holy Spirit forming one God. This was the case because the beginnings of this belief, which is so much a part of our Christian tradition, lie in the story of Jesus himself at least as we find it told across the Gospels. The Gospels tell us a story of Jesus, who always relates to the God of Israel as a son, who continually calls the God of Israel his father, and who turns in prayer and says, Our Father, or My Father, or simply Father, And there is one passage in the Gospel where as he goes to his passion, he turns to God and uses an endearing Aramaic word, Abba, to address God. That Aramaic expression is an expression used only between a child and a father where there is a relationship of love. Only a quality relationship allows the child to call the father Abba. No one had ever used that expression to speak of God. 
it could only ever be used by a son to speak to a father whom he loves very much. So the presence of the God of Israel as father and Jesus as his son dominates the Gospels, especially the Gospel of John. But Jesus also speaks regularly of the Spirit who will be with his followers once he has returned to the Father. This is particularly present in the Gospels of Luke and in the Gospel of John. So across the four Gospels, we have in the experience and teaching of Jesus himself, a Father, a Son, and a Holy Spirit. The Gospels, of course, never attempt to explain how such a triune God could be possible. That is a part of the later discussions of the Church under the direction of the Spirit. But it is from these Gospel truths that the Church, only after three centuries, could eventually come to speak of the doctrine of the Trinity, an attempt to respond to the mystery that there are somehow three persons in one God. That little brief introduction of how we come to have this doctrine is one thing. The gospel we have today is another. At first sight, today's gospel may not appear to have much to do with the mystery of the Trinity, but it has. And it has been deliberately chosen by the Church to give us the key to a dynamic understanding of our unique God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Turning to the text of our Gospel, everything begins in the loving action of God. God loved the world so much that he gave his only Son. And he gave this Son so that everyone who believes in him may not be lost, but have eternal life. Two fundamental truths of our faith have been stated. One is the fact of God's initiative in sending his son as a result of his love for this world that he created. So the motive for the father's sending of his son is love. But what does it mean for the gospel to say to believe in him, to believe in the name of God's only Son. No one who believes in him will be condemned. It would be a mistake to think, as many have over the centuries, that to believe in him means some sort of intellectual assent to a set of doctrines, the teachings of the Church, that are accepted and lived by rigidly is not a manifestation of true belief. The dynamism of God's love has let loose 
the presence of a son. And the son has been among us and remains among us. It is in him that we must believe. In this personal presence of the second person of the Trinity, as we say, in our church, in our lives, in our Eucharist, in the word of God that we share. There is only one place where we can discover the love that motivated the Father to send his Son, and that is in the love that the Son showed both for his Father and for us. In the first letter of John, written somewhat after the Gospels, the author says, God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world. To believe in the Son, the manifestation of God's love in the world, is to allow ourselves to be caught up into the same experience of the divine which can be found only in a greater love that no one has than to give one's life for one's friend. You are my friends. These are profound thoughts and challenging ideas, but in our moments of quiet, deep in our hearts, we know that this is what we yearn for. It is often pointed out that for the Gospel of John, from which our text comes today, there is no judgment at the end of time. John keeps insisting that we judge ourselves as we either accept God's love made known to us in Jesus or reject it. Whoever refuses to believe is condemned already because he has refused to believe in the name of God's only Son. The Father makes his love known to us through his Son. Those of us who believe in him are saved. Those of us who reject him are condemned already. It is now that we experience the joy and the courage that comes from a commitment to God's love manifested to us in the life and teaching and person of Jesus. Well, what about the Spirit? This Gospel given to us on Trinity Sunday does not mention the Spirit at all. We have been told that the Father who is love has a Son whom he loves, and he gives this Son to the world that we might come to understand what love is all about. But all that happened nearly 2,000 years ago. How do we continue to be touched by God's love? The loving union between the Father and the Son, which has broken into our story and which enlivens our church, believers, and each one of us, is the result of the life of the Spirit in us. The Spirit renders present the love of God shown to us in and through Jesus. It is this dynamism of a God who is love, the Son who manifests that love, 
and a spirit who renders that love present among us in our day-to-day lives that makes sense of the words of St. Augustine, restless are our hearts, dear Lord, until they rest in you. To believe in a God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is to place our trust and our hope in a oneness which only love can create. We now recommend 10 to 15 minutes of personal reflection on what you've just heard. Please pause the track now and resume when you're ready to return. Welcome back. We conclude now with a reading of the text by David. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his only son so that everybody who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. For God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but so that through him the world might be saved. No one who believes in him will be judged, but whoever does not believe is judged already, because that person does not believe in the name of God's only son. Thanks for listening to Audio Divina. Special thanks to our readers for this episode, Lauren and Dave. If you would like to be a reader or have any other feedback, please contact us at audiodivina at salesians.org.au or on our Facebook page.